It's, it's kind of gross, too, because it's still sitting in this plastic bag in a Solo cup, and I fill it, but I also think it's probably not cool to leave it there. It's probably pretty gross. I should probably get that away from my food. Hello, and welcome to the Rookery Arts and Culture Podcast. I'm Ian Custer, and this is Atlanta's Favorite Poems, a series of readings and interviews that showcases the insight and unique voices of Atlantans as they share some of their favorite poetry. Today I speak with Liz Grofick about her favorite poem, Success, which is often attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, but was not written by him, uh, according to the Emerson people. Uh, They suggest that it might have been Robert Louis Stevenson, or potentially uh, some lady named Bessie Anderson Stanley. Uh, But in any case, this was an interesting and informative discussion, uh, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. I am Liz Grofick. I am a attorney. I'm a prosecutor, meaning I represent the state in criminal matters. I have trials. I am in Georgia by way of Virginia, by way of Florida, but I'm from Pittsburgh. I designate that because it's, it's important to understand that yeah. I've been all up and down the eastern seaboard. But today I'll be reading the poem titled Success, which has been wrongly attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, but I don't think that impacts the, the poem whatsoever. No. So, success. To laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child a garden patch, or redeemed social condition. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. I read the poem when I was first in high school, and I don't remember in what context I came across it. It may may have been because of um, mistakenly thinking it was Ralph Waldo Emerson. I went through an Emerson period, I suppose. And... I like it not because it necessarily has the mechanics of poetry that I'm typically drawn to, but overall because of the message resonated with me. And so I think that I agree with a lot of the statements that are in the poem, and it sort of encapsulates it in a very kind of nice way without putting too much onus even on the people that are reading it to sort of agree or disagree. It's just like, this, this, is, this is success. This is a way to have succeeded. And it's attainable to most people, I think, even if you can't necessarily tick off each one of the, um, the phrases. At the time, I was mm, 15 or 16, and I was very much interested in people that reflect. And I think I was drawn to Emerson, not even just people that reflect. Um, you know, I mean, Emerson came, he's an educated individual. He came of means. But what I think I liked about the poem is because it's, it's almost just like, you know, Proverbs, just like the way that you can kind of reduce everything to something that is beyond a superficial understanding of what's going on or social hierarchy and things like that. It kind of like brushes all those things aside to try to really kind of live a more like basic understanding of really just kind of how to move about the world. And that appealed to me at that time because, you know, being in high school and there's so many there's so many things that people get like all upset about at that time in their lives because they're, they're young people and they don't know, but I would like to think that I was probably more mature than the average 15 or 16-year-old, and I was like, well, this is only four years. This will be fine, and I'm going to get out of here, so 
this there's not so much weight to all these other things. There are other more important principal things that I should be considering. And that's why I think I, I found it appealing. So do you ever find yourself like actively measuring what you're doing with your life against these kinds of proverbs is a really good way to put it? I believe so, because especially the to know that somebody else's life has been easier because of you. I had a really tough day at work because there was a domestic violence victim that came in. 20-year-old girl. Her son is a little over a year. She'd been in a relationship with the defendant since she was 18. And he's in custody, and she's coming into court to say that she wants to have contact with him because she wants him to be able to have contact with her son, and she's the only person that could facilitate that. And the the shorter story version of it is essentially, I get to know this person over the course of the couple of hours. She ends up sort of outpouring all of these things that she's experienced in this abusive relationship and how no other people in her community or her family support her. But she was opening up to me a stranger, and I was giving her a means of really being able to to cry and to talk about it. And it was really draining, and it was really devastating because I can't truly make a huge impact on her life. But I still think that it's a way to give her some sense of just encouragement because she's no longer going to be in a relationship with this person I tried to actually kind of really see things from her level. Like, I told her about my tattoos, and we ended up sitting in my office, and I kind of showed her, like, what I had, because she's got tattoos, like, on her on her chest and on her arm, and try to kind of meet her on a level where she understands, like, being happy and achieving things is not outside of the realm of possibilities for her. So to know that you're able to actually impact somebody else's life in a positive way can be very small, but it's still, like, a small victory, so I think that of, of all of the things in the poem, that's the one that probably take the heart the most. This, this is one that's always meant something to me because outside of the mechanics of everything else and flowery language and being clever, it's fundamentally trying to get to a good place. And I think that that's something that is more important to me than being academic or interesting or all of those other things. It's the basics, you know? It's funny, though, about the basics because the basics can be some of the hardest things to master because the, the phrase, you know, to um, regarding, like, false friends, I think that a lot of people have their, their friendships as being almost the place of their families and for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, to endure the betrayal of false friends. So suggesting that you will experience that. There will be people in your life that you bring towards yourself that will do this to you, but your job is not to necessarily even avoid it, it's to endure it. So I think that it's still realistic as well in terms of the things that you can aspire to try to achieve that is success, as opposed to it being something extremely lofty or extreme. You know, it's not pie in the sky, super idealistic, it's very grounded. And I think that sometimes poetry isn't that, you know. Let's get, let's get you doing an outro. Okay. Elizabeth Catherine Grofick, uh, Liz Grofick, and I read Success that is uh, inappropriately attributed to Ralph Otto Emerson, and I plan on filing a lawsuit. Atlanta's Favorite Poems is modeled after Poet Laureate Robert Pinsky's project, Your Favorite Poem, 
which can be found at www.favoritepoem.org. Information and interview bookings for the Rookery Arts and Culture Podcast can be found by contacting rookeryatl at gmail.com. I'm Ian Custer. If you haven't read a poem in a while, go read a poem. I'll talk to you next time. You're going to be the best Ian that you can be, and I can't be Ian. <laughs>